Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning. Good morning, everyone. No, we're good. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, right here on the net, New England Talks. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around with the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsinki. You're mm-hmm. here because your car's not in the shop. You're not in the shop. Everything's good. Yeah. And with me, of course, being. is the Professor Lou Bavasi. And we're oh. brought to you by our good friends of Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, members of the Dead Air Society. Yes. Check it out. Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and over 50 exclusive videos on there. So this is our new hour now, right, Lou? That's right. This is our hour. Yep. So we're now going to be on Wednesdays at roughly 11-ish. <laughs> roughly 11. 11-ish. Yes. Right after Dr. Kim. Dr. Kim, yes. If you haven't heard Dr. Kim, she's show is really, really growing, and it's a good show. She's a uh, psychologist who uh, has tried to get me on her couch, but hasn't been available. Tried to. Sports psychologist, doctor, by the way, and yeah. former Olympic gymnast. Yeah, and and runner in the runner in the Boston Marathon. Boston Marathon. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, if you haven't checked it out, she's good. I like her. She's down to earth. You know, I did not big on uh, psychologists. You know, but uh, we've had her on the show before. I'm going to have her on the show again. So, yep. check it out, Doctor Cam. It's called uh, it, your daily game face. Yeah, because I was going to say in your face, but <laughs> your daily face. She'll yeah, also I, go with us too. She'll if she goes comes on the show, she'll talk parapsychology. She'll talk. Oh yeah, she'll talk about she's she's a smart girl. And we got to have the AI discussion that we started last week because oh, I want to have the conversation. She's all with excited. Lou's all excited. I am. Excited. It's that's been in since the, last week's show. It's just been coincidence, but it's just been in my it's been in my feeds. It's been in my life. It's been in my AI. conversations. AI has come up big time over it's the last. Out to week. get you. Hmm? It's out to get you. Out to get me. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what you're talking about, you didn't see it after last week's show because it's a Patreon piece only. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Only available to our people on Patreon. Check it out, and you can know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> it's a great AI story, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Well, if we have on a show. Yep. So, you know American Hedge, Stonehedge, right here in Salem? Up in Salem, yep. Yeah, which is basically an abortion <laughs> which is what basically an abortion yeah that's it's just they they put it together the way it think it, it was yeah in a lot of instances yeah. uh because it's been cannibalized for stones and so forth over the years i mean it's it's still cool don't get me wrong it's still worth seeing right which is really 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 cool but it was owned by various people and and like everything around and the, you know, some of the stones were, were taken from here and there and used in foundations and houses and stuff like that. So, which is, it's intriguing, don't you think so? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if there's ever been any follow-ups on those houses, things going on or something. I bet, you know, uh, that's one of the things I did want to talk about is, is stones. I mean, because we, we've had Steve Parsons on the show, a uh, parapsychologist from UK, my co-host on Ghost Chronicles International. And he's talked about the stone tape theory. And stone tape theory of course is that um 
sometimes energy, certain energy can be trapped in a rock and that's in stone, which is replayed in a lot of instances. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a lot of stone in our architecture. Yes, absolutely. And certain stones, uh, Richard Felix, you know, who who uses the, the uh, stone tape theory as well as the water theory, um, believes that, you know, the, the uh, stone, like uh, granite and, and some of the other things, has contains crystals, which are what you know we use in electronics and stuff. Right. So some some of that could be stored in and so forth. And sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of theories, and uh, you know there has been some research done on it as well. Um, oh, if we reduce everything to energy, which yeah. is the current physics mindset, right? Yeah. Then if you store energy and use energy and broadcast energy with something, it could be for any type of energy, which could be anything, right? Right. Which, you know, explains why some things we, there, you know, if you, the, the theory in, in, in paranormal is that there are two types of haunting, intelligent haunting and, and residual haunting, uh, intelligent haunting is where a spirit would interact with you versus an intelligent haunting where, um, you know, it, it's basically energy trapped in something and it gets replayed over again so you know there's no interaction you could actually ghosts could walk right through you and they wouldn't even know you were there and vice versa uh, well i guess you would know <laughs> yeah depends well maybe yeah if it's my wife no <laughs> <laughs> oh i know that but you know it's it's very intriguing and you know on the international show last week um i brought up a a thought and um, Steve had never done it before or thought of it before, which is, and of course, his mind started running everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you look at um, the scientists, right? And oh, do you know Bletchley Park? I don't think so. Bletchley Park is, uh, was in England during the uh, World War II. They were the cold breakers. They used to have these. It's still there, I think. The huts are still there. But they used to have these. You know, the enigma machine. Yeah, you know yeah. that. Well, mm-hmm. well, they used to decode messages and, and, and try to solve messages and everything. It was pretty good. And they they all had the, you know, they used mathematics and stuff sure. like that to solve it. And we, you know, it's similar to our, our girls that we talked about the that that uh, the great mathematicians during the space program right. that were downgraded because they were women and, yeah. and color and so forth and they were but they were brilliant and they they did contributed a lot to our, our space program but anyways so there was a, there was a... <laughs> you hearing voices yes okay good uh so there was a it's a crew from the spanish radio who have been off but apparently they're still, having fun. still running <laughs> so anyways there's a there's a tv series out uh called uh Bletchley circle and it's about uh some of the girls, this is after the war. So the code breakers were women? Yeah, they were oh, women. Okay. Yeah, women. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they were, did their part. So it was after the war, and they end up using their abilities to solve crimes. Oh, really? Yeah. So, which is good because, you know, they could do a figure with certain patterns, mathematic patterns, and everything. So I started thinking about this, and uh, I know that scientists, of course, we they tell us where planets are and stuff that we can't even see, mm-hmm. but they figure them out mathematically. Right. So, why couldn't we apply that same logic to you know paranormal investigating? So you know if you go into a place and 
collect the data. Data is the important thing. Uh, and then be able to, to predict where activity is occurring or, or something like that, especially in a residual range, I would, I would think. But there, there might be other uh, intelligent range. You, may, you might be able to predict that, too, according mm -hmm. it would be like uh, how the FBI profiles. So sh you should be able to profile a ghost if you right. can. So using mathematics and, and science, we should be able to prove the existence of spirits rather than, you know, stomping around in the dark with them. Okay, but let me ask you the first question, because you said the first step was collecting data. Yeah. Have we effectively figured out how to collect data? See, that's a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. That, yeah. that is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Any, any, I know we do EM, EMG and EMF. EMF. Any, any yeah, any... Um, any mathematical proofs are based on the, the input, you know, in a computer, you know, uh, you only get good input if you, if you put good input in, in a computer, Out, good output if you only right. put good input in. So, uh, oh, by the way, you ever hear the phrase de debugged? Debugged? Yeah, debugged. Oh, debug. Sure. You debug a computer? Yep. Do you know where that came from? No, where? Came from Massachusetts. Uh, the first, um, computer that we had uh was a big ass one down in massachusetts yep and probably cambridge <laughs> yeah it was in, i think it was in harvard and uh so it was in there and, and they they brought this woman in who who worked on it once again a woman this is woman's day apparently yep uh so they started uh working on it and i forget what what they were doing but they were going to crunch some numbers on something it might have been on a space program or oh no it was for a missile projection how we could shoot missiles accurately okay. at objects hundreds of miles away. Yep. So they had this big ass computer back then. That they were giant computers. Right. They yeah. Take up whole rooms. So they were working on it one day, and uh, all of a sudden the computer stopped. So they, they, you know, this was an important project they had to do, and it's, it had never been done before, and so. Uh, they started Needed going a Windows update. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have Windows back then. Yeah. <laughs> so they went they went through the whole computer and, and the woman's scientist there or a mathematician, I forget what exactly what she was. She was in there looking for flashlight. And what it was, there was a moth in the machine. And so they pulled the, the moth out of the machine and they were it had basically shot it. Yeah. So they pulled the moth out and the computer worked again. So she basically debugged it. it. Yep. And that's where that that came from. Yep. Makes but, sense. I love it though. Yeah, it's kind of cool story yeah. though. You know, it's interesting. We we never you know we never think about that, do we? No. Nope. Is, is is there a? I mean, even data that we do have. Yeah. Uh, like for example, just stories of sightings and things like that. Yep. Is anyone doing any data analysis? Is anyone collecting the data in one place? There have been attempts at one time. Yeah. But I mean. Quite frank, once again, it's, it, your results can only be as good as the, the data that goes in. Right. What you really need is to, to study a, a lot of cases and collect as much data as you can on particular things. So, in other words, there's so many variables that go into a, uh, if you're, you know, attempting to uh, prove a ghost or, 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 or even, you know, show where it might show up, this you would have to collect a, a ton and ton because especially if it was like an intelligent haunting because then you have the whole aspect of actually actually consciousness which is 
right. another problem. Be, be, as I mentioned before, like a profiler for FBI, it could be done, but you would have to combine all these variables in one. You need environmental conditions. Uh, you know, a lot of people might need time conditions. What what time did it occur? Uh, you know, so yeah. th there's there's a whole portfolio of, of data that would really you'd have to need, be collected. You need empirical data, though. You couldn't go, as you said, you know, uh, anecdotal is less than reliable. Right. Because people have their own filters and their right. own ways of remembering right. it. And, but you'd need to be able to measure the presence of something empirically, like an EMF meter, if, if that were the case, or? Not, not necessarily. And, and, and let me explain why. It's because you can, you can still determine some things from patents. So in other words, if you have eyewitnesses, which are not strictly reliable, right. but yeah. if you, if a eyewitness sees one in a particular, well, it's very simple. It's what, what's the Occam razor? Or whatever. razor. Yeah. yeah. If, if, you know, there's been a house for a hundred years and they're like, you know, every owner has seen something in it, you know, but yeah, see, this is what I was going to ask you. What mm -hmm. is the most haunted site? What comes to the top of mind? Not no, that it's a there isn't. A, that's a, it's a moot point. How about it's, Gettysburg? It's a moot point. It's, no. it, it's, it's relative. You have to define your criteria. You have to determine on... Well, on... if you're going to take a combined space and just set up a lot of collecting material that you could collect to see, what, see what's relevant and what isn't. You would have to, quite frankly, in, in my opinion, it would you would have to do it more than just a particular place. You would have to do it in many places and you would have to do it under, look at it in certain conditions as well. You know, uh, uh, it, you just can't have a, a house versus a factory versus a battlefield versus a thing. You, you, you've got to look at the determining factors and that's, that's all the analytical work that has to go into it. This, this is, it would be a huge project. I mean, it's not saying it can't be done and you might be able to collect some uh, preliminary uh, data and, and come up with some preliminary, bleh, preliminary yeah. why do I get these words? Preliminary, yeah. preliminary conclusions, but once again, is it going to be definitive? No, probably not. Well, but, this is why I was thinking about confining the initial study to a specific space if it were quote unquote haunted enough so that you could collect the, you could figure out the data that is actually relevant it would be relevant to that particular place right but but, if, not, but if, you're trying to determine if the, you can collect data that would get to determine uh the conditions that hauntings occur right right does the temperature drop is there an emf spike is there other 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 things that so has, yeah but it has to be even more than that it has to be more than just scientific measurement it has to be looking at the the other end of it too where where there are depths in the area where the you know, why is this particular era? Uh, you know, it, it means and there's so much data that has to go into it. I mean, Steve Parson studied uh, a shipyard for, I don't know how many months and months and, uh, you know, collected a lot of data. But once again, the, the problem, that was flawed in itself because... Is that infrasound? No, no, he was doing the whole thing. Oh, but it was, oh okay. It was an investigation, proper investigation. But... The, it's flawed in itself because of the area itself is is so big that you know you couldn't possibly cover all the right. area at all the time right so th that's what you have to work out is is you know you don't have to be one specific area you would have to look at each case and 
by studying each case, you should be able to come up with a patent or a mathematical formula that would, you know, you could predict certain things with it as, as they do in stars and stuff. Yeah. That's, you know, but it's interesting. It's, it's, it's an intriguing thing. It's something that's no one's, no one's that I know of has ever, Doc Steve has ever done anything with. And it'd be really intriguing to find out. But once again, is there are so many flaws and uh, difficulties in, in collecting. Yeah, you got to start somewhere and you got to try to yeah. figure out what the data is that you want to collect. I mean, you got a place like the Wyndham where there are a lot of different, say, and you get a lot of people going in and out of there. So maybe somebody says, you know, I had a thing last night at 11. And you go check the data of whatever it is you're collecting mm -hmm. and see if something happens. If something unusual happened during that particular time period that gives you a measurement you can do that would create the conditions of a, a haunting or an appearance. I'm not sure I followed that. Well, say you set up, say you could, you could monitor, and I'm not going to get into specifics. I have no yeah, idea you monitor area. You're going to do the Wyndham restaurant. Right. And you're going to do every room in the Wyndham restaurant. You're going to monitor for a bunch of different things. Okay. For a... well, at, at a certain point, a waitress says, "I had a thing at the in the storage room the other the other day, yeah. or upstairs. I, I saw somebody." Yeah. And then you go back and you check all the readings for that, and you see if there's something spiked, if if a particular measurement spiked, and then you get another sighting, and maybe the same measurement spiked, and you start to say, "Okay, this is related." Yeah, then you to... start to develop a pattern, but then right. once again, that's only in that particular area, but that could be related to some. Uh, but it gives you a hint about what you might be looking at measuring. I mean, you can't. You got to figure out. You got to figure out how to collect data first. Is basically what you got to do. You got to figure out what happens. What but what scientifically. The flaw happens. in that is that that you're relying. You're assuming that this particular thing is going to be an indication that will solve your problem. Be one of the factors that solves your problem, but it's it. Not necessarily no, me. But you got to start somewhere. But if you get a, if you get hauntings that throw out particular scientific evidence, and it's a hundred different variations of this evidence, you really have no shot anyway, right? Unless you just do individual studies. What you want is something that always happens when want, an entity shows up, when a spiritual entity shows up. No, you, you want. You hope for it. You don't. You want what you want. Well, yes, you want to be able to. That's why you guys bring EMF meters. That's why. You... Yeah, yeah, but that's that's totally different. Yeah. This is you're figuring mathematically, not not using instruments or anything necessarily. What you're doing, want to do, is to measure. I mean, not measure, but to record particular instances and understand the conditions that occur around this particular instance in, incident. Not only uh, environmentally, but also historically and, uh, socially. So yep. it's, it's a, it's a deep, deep yeah. thing. Anyway. One thing the other day when I was flipping through articles, you know, I get my news feed. Yep. And it was an article about maps, you know, different and maps can show you different data to give you different looks at things. Yeah. And one of the maps they had in the tease was a UFO sighting map. And it was like a heat map yep. of where they happen most frequently. And I wanted to go see the map because, again, you get an idea just from the circumstances where these things happen. And but you, you know how that goes. It's a slideshow with a bunch of ads. Uh, and I just couldn't get, I couldn't get far enough to, to get into it. But that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Right. Just mm. collect the data and see heat maps and see tendencies and stuff like that and try to figure out from there. Right. Anything that gives you a different 
analysis of what it is that's happening, a, a bigger picture, higher altitude analysis. Yeah. I... <laughs> no, not going for that. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll bite. You just gave me the answer I give to my girlfriend all the time. I know. Okay. It's like, okay, I've moved on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So anyways, we, we started this all off with the uh, uh, stone tape theory. Stone tape theory. Right? Yeah, which is. Thing. So I started thinking about. Stone it. store certain information. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the places that uh most people don't think about is like outdoor hauntings yep but they're they're very common if you didn't know it um mammoth caves you, you know you ever know of the mammoth caves um kentucky, south, southwest or? kentucky kentucky okay yeah. and i've never been okay uh let me see don't uh estimate a reading time five minutes i can do that <laughs> I like that. It gives you estimated reading. I know, time. I know. That's my one of my favorite stats. <laughs> estimated reading time. I like that. But what they need is estimated loading time because of all the ads. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's what they need: estimated loading time. Uh, some find a secluded walk in the woods to be soothing and relaxing, while others consider it to be their worst nightmare. This is true. This is a psychological fact of it. Many feel both relaxed and a little on edge during a hike. Do you? During a hike in the day? No. Yeah. No. I'm walking in the woods at night, maybe. Okay. So daytime and, and has an effect on you versus nighttime. Sure. I mean, that's just primal. It's who we are. So the scariest, they talked about the scariest hiking trails in the Mammoth Cave in Kentucky is uh, on the top of the list. Anyway. Oh, God, yes. Hiking in a cave. I know you, <laughs> know you don't like the analogy, but. Wow. <laughs> it's as close to it as you can get. Uh, as you don't the, know it's in the cave. As the longest caves, <laughs> cave system. It's like in the, in the ocean. You don't know it's in the ocean either. Oh my God. Don't tell me you're afraid to go in the water. I'm not afraid to go in the water, but it's a different experience than when you're sitting, when you're standing in a field and you can see things coming at you. You can't do it in the ocean. You can't How do you know do those giant tremor worms are going to come up and get you? I know. You. you never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Do you know that, do you know that's the uh, longest cave system in the world, the Mammoth Caves? No, I did not. Yeah. So, uh, oh my God, this is the one that's got the pop-up stuff. Yep. Sugar. All the time. All right. So anyways, uh, there are many stories about the Mammoth Caves, which I would love to read to you. <laughs> I could get past the ads. A portion, this is weird. A portion of the Mammoth Caves were used as a healing place for tuberculosis patients. Really? In the 1800s. Some say they still haunt the place. Okay. Uh, the area, uh, this area is visited by some tour group. Uh, business staff tell stories of ghostly coughs. <coughs> oh, yeah. come on. An eerie feeling in the section of the cave. Yeah, fair enough. If you didn't know anything, would you still witness that? Yeah, I betcha. Yeah. Every feeling. Yeah. You, we just talked about it. You would be, you didn't, I'm fond of going in a cave by yourself, right? 
No, you'd have an eerie feeling in certain sections because you felt less protected. You were on higher alert. You right? know if the you, bear was in the back of it. The bear was in the back. <laughs> the, you're in more fight or flight because you feel less safe, right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's actually like a little building in the cave, which is kind of cool. It's all made out of stone. There's a building. Oh, really? Yeah. Just okay. if you go, they must be mammoth. Try uh, <laughs> only in your state.com. I try see if you can get the picture. We can throw it up on a, for our listeners. Anyway, images of a former slave tour guide have been reported. Some even claim they have been touched or pushed. These haunting tales are easy to believe in a place as long and deep and dark as this historic cave, which is why the Mammoth, Mammoth, Mammoth Caves tour guide is definitely, tours are definitely deserve a spot on the scariest list. Is this the weekend road trip or the I don't care. name the most beautiful? Anything. I don't care. Well, no. there's two from only in your state. Oh, I want the scariest, I guess. Uh, so the, the, you can actually go in these things anyways. That's it. There's a, there's a thing. Oh, here it is. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a glorious, it's 400 miles of caves, by the way. Wow. That's a lot. And I got a string of pictures up. I don't know if that's the same. same there's actually giving one with the stone building would be nice well we'll get there yeah that's not the one i want but well we just go i just want people to see the whole experience oh it's an experience look at that that's beautiful see now you wouldn't feel eerie in that particular part of the cave you wouldn't no why you can it's fairly open you can see what's coming at you it's lit first of all yeah and that makes a difference what about that part i mean you you're close to escape you get an escape route so no you wouldn't feel I mean, that's this, this, by the way, might be a different story. That's no different to me than the um, that's no different than this. To me, it's no different than the the uh, tunnel that we went through the the mountains. And uh, what the hell's the name of that one? The Husek tunnel. Husek tunnel. Yeah. I mean, we went in there and there's no escape. In fact, when the train came in, we had to go in. They have these little holes in the wall that you can stand in. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, mostly in the subway too. So if the train comes by, you, you don't get killed. Into the hall, you don't get picked off. Yeah. Which is this looks good. I want to go see this. It is good. Yeah. You ever go to How How Caverns in New York? No, it's not too far away. You could do that easily. Are they like this? They're wicked cool. They have all stagnites in it. This the lagmites right there. Yeah, yeah, but they have lit up ones that are pretty. Those are lit up. I know, but there's a bathtub. <laughs> My past the article. Okay, let me find the other article. Why is there a bathtub there? I it's an ad. Oh, of course there is. Yep. Go back to the other article and see if. But, I mean, you would be scared going into it, huh? No, certain areas would probably have me a little more on edge than other areas. Okay, here's the thing. In 1839, Doctor John Croghan purchased a large lodge plant. That included the mammoth caves. He had many plans for the cave system, including use it as an attraction, but also as a hospital for TB patients, tuberculosis patients, which is what they did. You know, they would. Well, uh, I would. I would assume they thought maybe the environment, maybe it's less humid or something. 
During this time, patients were simply told to get some fresh air and light and exercise, which we should do about half the people in the United States. Yeah, really. Huh? Maybe three quarters. Uh, there was no cure for TB. Uh, so that's why he bought this. And uh, my uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law both had TB. So is this the... Um... Yeah, there it is. Small huts were built inside the cave where patients could stay. And that's what it is, one oh, of these stone okay. things. Oh, wow, look at them. You can see them all. Looks like it has a basement or something. Yeah. They, they show this one. They show all the women all dressed up in their little... Whatever. Oh, see, this is this is not a place. No, I'm not doing that. If go to only in your haunted state, Kentucky sinister story caves, and you should show this. There's an awesome picture of one of these huts that the stone okay. huts in the building. It shows all the women all in their little boots. Oh, only in your haunted state. That was a different. That's a different no, no. Idea. Only in your state. Dot com backslash Kentucky backslash sinister story mammoth cave so the photo shows a remnants of one of these rooms uh as it looked in 1912 at that point hospital experiments ended five patients died inside the cave wow <laughs> well others passed away shortly after returning to above ground so they turned into vampires and the light killed them <laughs> after returning uh, Sorry, I would have laughed, but I'm just trying to get this that's fine. screen up. After turning the, the cave to its uh, attraction status, Dr. Coughlin himself passed away of tuberculosis in 1849. <laughs> God, that's, got it, huh? Yeah. Uh, he left behind the story of those patients who spent the final days above uh, below ground. Today, you can hear accounts from tour guides and visits to the cave and uh, coughing and murmuring near the site of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Although the doctor had good intentions in trying to help these desperate uh, patients, the outcome was rather unfortunate. There we go. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, isn't that cool? Look at that. Yep. Uh, you can only imagine that those who died in the cave would have rather spent their last moments in the daylight. <laughs> but today, uh, we, we willingly head down the stairs into the popular historic cave. Why? Because just like them, we are intrigued of what lies beneath. So did they take them into the cave to isolate them from other people? Or did they take them in the cave because they thought it helped? Or both. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the famous actors and stuff, I mean, they would they would go to like um, uh, Colorado, up in Colorado, because they, they figured the altitude and the yeah. fresh air would do it. Yeah. When my father-in-law was in the tuberculosis, Losis actually met his, his wife in the, in the uh, uh, asylum. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, what they used to do is they There's would... There's a meet-cute story right there. Yeah. yeah. They used to uh, put them out in the uh, porch and with the windows open. Yep. And that would be their treatment. Fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. Don't you think it's cool? Oh, that's the end of those... Anyway, yeah, I think I want to go see these things. I think so. Like, check out Chow, uh, yeah, how cameras too. That's pretty good. Anyways, we're gonna take a short break and then we come back and we'll get some more cool stuff we talk about. Oh, looks like I didn't get a chance to get to the break here. Jeez, wow, you didn't notice that I was gonna do that? No, I didn't. I didn't pick up. Was anything. that a surprise? That was a little? surprise. You yeah. surprised me. Well, you know, this is a surprising show.
<laughs> Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with Lou and Ron right here on the net, New England Talks. And you can listen audibly on TojiNet and we're all good podcasts that play. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Are you seeing a ghostly apparition every time you look in the mirror? Are you terrified to realize that that pale, lifeless, lack of energy form hovering before you is in fact you? How would you like to be transformed? Healing begins from within, and it's never too late to start feeling good. Are you curious? Interested? Good. Don't wait another minute. Visit transformyourlifenow.org or contact Maureen. The email address is maureen at transformyourlife.org. Everyone is cashing in on social media, and all marketing roads lead through social media. If you want to make a splash here in the Merrimack Valley, you need to tap in. This is where the new CEM podcast studios come in. Of course, you can spend your time, energy, and money learning how to wrangle technology to make a podcast instead of running your business. Or you can invest in telling everyone in the Merrimack Valley, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, the Seacoast, or everywhere in the world about your great business, product, service, or yourself. The CEM Podcast Studio is a local audio and video studio dedicated to the craft of podcasts. Their studios feature state-of-the-art recording and mixing equipment designed specifically to produce the best audio and video podcasts. Best of all, all you need to worry about is your show, your business, and your brand. We do the rest. Call 978-686-9966. That's 978-686-9966 to schedule a no-obligation tour of the CEM facilities and meet with a podcast specialist. Or go to cempodcast.com to find out more about podcasting services. cempodcast.com, your window to the world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles, Morning edition with your host, Elsie, Ron Kolick, at our new time. Oh, I'm sorry. I do like that. I do like that. The Van Helsing thing. I like that. I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't. You want to get your DVD? <laughs> no. I'll bring it in. Honestly, I don't have anything to play a DVD on, I don't think, except maybe my PlayStation. What the hell's wrong with you? I did, everything's streamed. What do you need a DVD for? You know, vinyl is outselling. Yes. DVD now. I mean, uh, CDs now. Yeah, my son's yeah. into vinyl big time. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, oh, congratulations to Pat, right? Pat Costa, owner Pat, of the yes. station. Yep. Yeah. He's... Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame being yeah. inducted in June. Awesome. Very excited. Yeah, we'll have to get him on the show for a little bit. And yep. He's got some stories because he used to produce some people too. Oh yeah! Radio oh yeah, yeah! Yeah, he was in recording. He had a recording studio for yeah. a long period of time. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get him on sometime. One of my most interesting, well, most interesting to me when I first started working for him here, mm -hmm. and it was back at the time when bootlegs weren't that common. Yeah, they were a little bit difficult to get. And I had heard one point. Um, I love Tom Petty. You know, I love Tom Petty, and he did a cover of Oh bootlegs. I, I thought you meant bootleg like yeah. in, in the football. No, no bootlegs. Like, oh, bootleg like bootleg while you're bootleg drinking. Recordings. And uh, 
I love Tom Petty and I had heard him do I fought the cover of I fought the law at one time mm -hmm. and I wanted a copy of it. And I was searching for a long, long time. I'm having lunch with Pat here after working with him for a while. And he goes, he walks into another room and he comes back out with a tape. He had a mobile truck where he was doing live mixes for like King Biscuit and stuff like that. <laughs> it was Tom Petty at the tea party. Oh, wow. And he's just because it's on there and i pulled it off and i get this whole concert of tom petty at the tea party with a cover of i fought the law and it was just, <laughs> just awesome hey he's got a ton of great stories you know um errol smith is doing their, their yes. farewell tour you know you he's know out. i love it he you know, a great name for a tour you know um oh what's his name uh the the, the guitar player uh joe perry joe perry right here he plays in a couple he plays in a uh Perry Project, right? Joe, Joe Perry, Perry Project. Project. Yep. But he also plays with the Hollywood Vampires. Oh, is that with Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, Osborne, and uh, who's the other crazy ass one? Oh, shoot. Check that out for me while you're at it. Okay. Just look it up. Who's in the Hollywood Vampires? But it, it, Joe I, Perry the, Project, one of his albums was done here in this building. Oh, cool. Yep. So, yeah, the Hollywood Vampires, it, it's Osborne. Osborne and Johnny Depp and there's one more crazy ass guy. Uh, and I say that enduringly, you know that. Or they called the super group. Oh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. There it is. I knew it was it. Yeah. Just looking at the pictures here. Isn't that amazing? They have a website. Isn't that freaking amazing? Yep. Can you imagine being in the room with those guys? Never mind listening. Tommy to Henriksen. Who's Tommy Who's who? I don't know who he was with, but Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, and Johnny Depp. Good Lord. God. Can you imagine being in the room with them? By the way, the yeah. tours, they're touring with the Black Crows too. Aerosmith. Yeah. Great show. They'll be here in Boston on New Year's. Yep. Yeah, which is awesome. I've never seen Aerosmith live. No. He lives up in Sunpee, you know. Yep. Yeah. New Hampshire boy. The yeah, New I've Hampshire been band. I've been there. Oh, you've been there? Yeah. Anyways. Wait, 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 wait. No, no. No, no, not, not, no, just been there. Okay. Passing by. Let it go. Yeah. Damn. No, I was in a boat. It's on the lake. Okay. There's, there's, oh, just passing there's by. There's Tyler's house. All right. Okay. Cool. Got it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 no good. No, dr no name dropping, no nothing. No Steven, good Steven Tyler's story? No stories. No. Yeah. No. I mean, he wouldn't remember it anyway. <laughs> His brain's got to be fried. It's not necessarily true. Oh, come on. <laughs> One of the most popular spirits, back to the Mammoth Cave, that haunts the cave is a slave, and we mentioned him before, um, who gave up his freedom to stay with the cave. He loved so dear even after death. Hmm. Stephen Bishop, in relation to the singer? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, was born in 1820. 18 years later, he began exploring the cave. That spring... His master, Franklin Gorin, uh, bought the Mammoth Caves, and Stephen began giving regular tours. Back in those days, slaves were often recruited as guides, but Stephen was uh, one of the tops. He was the best of the best, the creme la creme. Uh, when he wasn't uh, tour guiding, he was exploring new areas of the cave, and uh, thus began uh, the naming tradition trend yeah, naming tradition which uh, continues today i don't know what that is bishoping oh i don't know stephen died in 1857 and is buried at the old guides cemetery oh you gotta love that one 
They have their own cemetery. Yeah. Wow. South of the cave's entrance. It is believed that he never left the cave that he loved so dear. Sometimes he joins tour groups saying nothing but uh, being seen on the left. Others, uh, others, he is to others, he is blowing out candles and torches and has been seen uh, with unknown woman and two children. Uh, busy little boy in the afterlife. Huh? Another uh, commonly cited ghost is that of Melissa. The story of Melissa's involvement in, in the cave comes solely from a letter written to the Knickerbocker, Knickerbocker in 1858. It is one right out of uh, high school, sort of. What the hell does that mean? According to the, her letter, she lived near Mammoth Cave for 15 years, uh, 15 years earlier in 1843. This is when she fell in love with the tutor, Dr. Beverly, or Beverly, hmm. whatever. The only problem, he fell in love with his, her neighbor. Oh, that can't be a good thing. <laughs> so what did Melissa do, you might ask? What did Melissa do? <laughs> Just calling up a picture of the old guy's cemetery. If you can't have him, nobody will. Oh, God. All right. Comes right to mind. Uh, she led him into a spot into the mammoth cave called Purgatory, <laughs> where she left him to die. At that time, uh, she wrote the letter. Melissa was dying of tuberculosis. Jesus, maybe there was a source of tuberculosis in the cave. Did you even think of that? I could be. And felt the need to confess her sins to the Knickerbocker readers. So I figured the Knickerbocker must be a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, she is now seen wandering the Mammoth Cave in search of her lost love, Beverly, whatever his name is, who ironically may be haunting it as well. <laughs> it's possible an unidentified ghost hanging around the chief city Chief City, can they say that? Might actually be Beaverley. Huh. Uh, hopefully the two will never reunite because I don't think he would be happy to see her. The last stop on the ghost tour is that of caver and adventurer Floyd Collins. On January 18th, 1917, Floyd made a big discovery. A cave located several miles from uh, Mammoth Caves called the Crystal Cave. Uh, he tried to make... Uh, the smaller cave is popular as the uh, Mammoth Cave, but sadly failed. Oh, wow, there's a little jail thing in it. However, that didn't stop him from uh, searching for new caves. While exploring Sand Cave in January 1925, a rock fell from the ceiling, pending his left leg. The rescue attempt became national news. Floyd even uh, interviewed a reporter, was interviewed by reporter Skeets Miller. Skeets. Skeets. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Who later went on to win a Pulitzer Prize? God, I hear voices. Yeah. But he would know. Is that from outside the hall? It's in the hall. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, he would. I know, I'm, I'm behind a little bit, but here's Chief City and Mammoth. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I'm just looking for stuff as you go here to help embellish the story. Uh, he would never leave Sand Cave alive. A cave in would take his life. Oh, God. They later recovered his body. Oh, what a nightmare. Floyd's father uh, gained possession of the cave after his son's death and decided to capitalize on the frenzy surrounded it. Uh, Lee had Floyd's body exhumed. Mm. 
and placed in a glass top cape coffin just played within the cave. Oh my God! How'd you like your father to do that to you? Wait a second. Give me more. I gotta find and see if there's a picture of this. Uh, Read. What's the last name again? Oh God! I've gone by that so far. It's Sorry. Floyd. Read Floyd. Oh God! I guess it's Floyd. Yeah. Damn! What'd you do to me, Lou? <laughs> and where were the caves? Pay attention. Where were the caves again? Uh, Oh, pay attention. I'm paying attention, but I'm, I'm I, trying to catch up Im images to the stories that you're telling. I know, I know. Oh, yeah, bench of Floyd's, Floyd Collins. Floyd Collins is his name. And, mm -hmm. and he, I think he died in the Sand Cave, I believe. Yep, Sand Cave. So his old man... After he's dead, mm -hmm. digs up his body. Yep. That's if it's, it's been turned. I mean, not talking from the cave. They, they pulled him out of the cave. They gave him a proper funeral. And the old man says, well, let's make a few bucks off my dead son. I think I'll uh, dig him up. So he digs him up. <clears throat> I can't believe this, by the way. And uh, yeah, he had him examined and placed in a glass top coffin displayed within Crystal Cave. That It's displayed in Crystal Cave, even though he died in Sand Cave. I think I got it. Yeah. Jealous competitors. Oh, I love this one. Jealous competitors stole the body. <laughs> <laughs> but it was <laughs> but it was recovered minus his left leg, which, oh, was, which was never found. <laughs> well. It would remain in the cave for 60 years until finally being enlisted laid to rest at Flint Ridge Cemetery in 1898. This is so, so sad. How can you do that to your own son? This is a postcard of the grave. A postcard of it? Yep. Oh. People have reported seeing the ghost around Crystal Cave and uh, calling for his friend Johnny. All right. <laughs> if I die, yes. first of all, I don't want a casket. I don't want to be buried. I don't want all this stuff. Just cremate me and fly yeah, exactly. me out to sea or whatever. Right. This is almost, this is the casket is above ground and displayed in a cave yeah. in a glass top. Well, you, people paid to see this, you know. You know damn well they did. I know, but it, he owned you, the cave. would this be part of your last wish in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, put me on, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Just bury me upside down so you can kiss my ass. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see the benefit of it. Uh, uh I don't know. I mean, that, I don't see how anyone could do that to this. Would you do that to your son no. to make money on him? No, God, no. No. Anyway. Uh, so anyways, people have... Uh, there, there's, by the way, there's a book. <laughs> yes. There's a play about Floyd Collins. <laughs> you know, they named the, they named the uh, Collins Center after him, right? They did not. They did not. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. He's talking about the Collins Center up in Andover at Andover High School. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, people have reported seeing the ghost of uh, Floyd hanging around, calling for his friend Johnny. Johnny! <laughs> they also throw whiskey bottles and steal tools from geologists who are exploring the cave. I'd be pissed too if somebody 
dug me up and buried me in the cave. <laughs> of course, these are these three are not the only ghosts that haunt Mammoth Caves. Some people have reported seeing oh, two disembodied legs wearing boots and overall. Okay. Here's a picture from the play. Uh, <laughs> he's, that's when he's, he's dying in sand trade when the rock fell on him. So, you see, this, this is the first question I had when there's a cave in, right? Yeah. How long did he live? Right? Was he killed by the cave-in or did, was he suffocated or starved to death after like three weeks? And here they're showing it as if somebody talked to him before he died. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a famous story. Now, I can't remember it because I wasn't thinking of using it, but of somebody who was trapped in the cave for, and died in the cave. Yeah, and, the guy and, got stuck in a hole. We talked about this yeah. episodes ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a horrible way to die. Oh, God. And people fed him and stuff. It's like it's like feeding a dog, I guess. Oh, God. I just say that. I'm sorry. There's a play. There's an actual play about this. Yeah. They'll do one in my life, too, I'm sure. And look at this one. It looks like a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this picture keeps popping up. Is this him? Wait, what does it say? What's the wording? I can't read it. Uh, uh, National Park Trust. Time for one last spooky story. In 1925, a cave explorer named Floyd Collins became trapped inside Mammoth Mountain. So that's him. They took a picture? Or maybe it was just him exploring. Not necessarily. That's when he was trapped. Before he could be rescued, a rock fall left him stranded inside the cave where he died two weeks later. Yep. From thirst, hunger, and hypothermia. Maybe this is the same guy we talked about. You know that? No. No, because that wasn't, he just went through a hole he wasn't supposed to go through. This Maybe like this a, is a guy. Cave drop. Maybe it's the same guy. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm all, hmm. I, I was unless it's a pretty common thing. <laughs> Maybe I'll think about being, forget about being a splunker. Two weeks. Hmm. And this is this guy's son? Hmm. Watching his son die for two, good Lord. Jesus. It's a National Park Trust. I just Splunker. Are you a splunker? And you're dying. You've been in a cave for two weeks. Mm. And someone comes, hey, smile. Takes a picture. Did they bring TV or something from? Hopefully. It's 1925. I don't think so. But Radio. Good book to read. God. They have a candle from? <laughs> Could he see? That's terrible. It's a, what a miserable, miserable way to die. Yeah. So that's the guy, that, the same, that's, that's Collins. I mean, Floyd. Floyd apparently, Collins. apparently. So Floyd Collins took him two freaking months to die. Then they bury him, and then they dig him up and shove him back in the cave. Yeah, really. Yeah, seriously. You're gonna bury me. And then they steal his body. Bury me outside. They recover the it, minus one leg. <laughs> Probably the one the rock fell on. I don't know. No, sir. I told you the story because it just reminds me of it mm -hmm. of, of the church in Newburyport. Yes. Where the pastor is buried under the pulpit. Yes. And somebody stole a forearm mm. and brought it to England. And if you go in the um, lobby of the church, it shows the box that somebody shipped it back to here with. Oh, they sent it back. How sweet. It, someone discovered what it was. George Whitman. Was George Whitman his name? I forget. I don't know. But um, and they sent it back in a box. And it's like. Mm. What, what makes you want to steal a guy's 
forearm bone. Mm-hmm. I, apparently, he was something. So I, I don't know if it's a relic or just souvenir hunting, or I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Just crazy. And then, of course, that reminds me of all the stories about, which isn't told often enough, all the stories about Abe Lincoln's body. Yeah, we've we've talked about that before. So, I mean, but those are fascinating, and we don't, you know, his body was held for ransom once. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I love the stories about Abe Lincoln's body, and they mm-hmm. lost it for a while. And I still have this guy's body. Yeah, yeah. And left his leg behind. Well, I know, but he wasn't president of the United States. But... No, but he was. He got a pull surprise for Skitters. <laughs> for what? Skitter, Skitter, the reporter interviewed him. Oh, he got a. He ended up with a full surprise. The guy who interviewed him while he was laying in the cave yeah. dying? Yeah. Oh, my God. See? You missed your No chance. wonder there's a play in a book. And... <laughs> pull a surprise. So I want to know more about these other ghosts that were Better than Russ Conway's pull yeah. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Some people have uh, reported seeing... This is the one I wanted your reaction for, but you missed it. I'm sorry. Two disembodied legs wearing boots and overalls. The ghosts... Walking along? Two... I, I don't know. They walk by themselves. So you can see the legs, but you can't see that. That's all you see. Two disembodied. Disembodied means it has no body. Legs. <laughs> I know what disembodied means. Just, just telling our listeners out there. They it, say dumb it down sometimes. I, I, I mean, did. okay. The one that comes to mind is the foot at Fort Independence. Is that the one up in Maine? Uh-huh. On Kittery? Uh-huh. There's the foot that people see, right? I don't know that one. What what's what was the fort with the big July Fourth disaster where everyone died? That was uh, Constitu- Constitution and Fort Constitution. Uh, Portsmouth. Yeah, isn't yeah. there a, a sighting of like a foot? Not that I know. Of. No. Okay. I thought I cut that. Maybe I cut it. But mm. are there any other stories about disembodied body Do- parts haunting things? Not that I know. Yeah. Did we talk about it? I don't know. No, just in general. No, I'm just no. So anyways, there's two two of these legs going around. Now, I was thinking, the first thing I thought of right away was, you know, because they lost one leg from the other guy, I figured, you know, what they might be his, but there's there's two of them. Or maybe the, his leg met another leg and they lived happily ever after. Leg.com? <laughs> leg matched. Is there, is there? No, no, we're not, not looking up that again. Uh, um, by the way, there's also a, a ghost of a woman with a knife in her chest. What? Yep. Uh, they have they've seen uh, her coming out of nowhere, and farm. And there's also a formally dressed man in 19th century cumberbum. How many bodies did they pull out of that cave? Just near to wells, bringing people in and mugging them. And can you imagine? But is. <sighs> I'm just so curious about this, the two legs. Now, it's not so weird because uh, when I oh, invest- weird. when I investigated the 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 Wyndham, a uh, one one of the people that used to work there contacted me and said that he was working there one day and vacuuming, and he looked and he saw a little boy run by the the uh, doors, by, by the door. He had like knickers on. He was you know yep. dressed in that, but he was in black and white. And he was only from the waist down. So maybe that's... So see, I just asked you if there were any other stories about disembodied parts running around. Well, parts, but this, you know, they were running. So this is the lower half of a child in black and white. Yeah. 
Wow. So maybe these leaks were running through. Who is this? A security guy? No, it was just oh. a worker there. Just I think it's just cleaning and, and you look, you know, saw the thing run across the door. Wow. I don't know. What do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we're running out of time, aren't we? I don't, when we end, we started, so I can't yeah, tell we're you. we're running out of time. We're 56 minutes. Floyd Collins and the White Angels of Sand Cave, full-length stage play. <laughs> the White Angels of Sand Cave? Yeah. Oh, my God. We got to go to this. Maybe we can get somebody on the show. Oh, you know, you've always wanted to do... We, we've done a couple of dramas on... I can get the script, apparently. You can? Apparently. Oh, this might be fun. This is from scripts.com, I think. Oh. Have scripts.com. How can you miss that? Anyways, we are running down, so we got to wrap it up. There's a book, you know, the book Roxy has these books yeah. uh, about a little history. There's one of those. Oh, cool. What is that? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've seen the covers, that series, but they get little stories about everything. Yeah. Um, Another book, The Life and Death of Floyd Collins. See, he was famous. He was well, famous. You no, know, Skittles won a Pulitzer on him. Which is kind of cool. God. But when I did the my one of my first investigations up at America Stonehenge in Salem, which is where we started the show, is that <laughs> all right? Yeah. Uh Dawn, who used to work there, told me that one day she was working and all of a sudden these two little old ladies came in and uh threw a rock on the counter and uh says we we came to give give this back. They evidently they went to the cave, I mean the America Stonehenge, uh, the day before, and they they took a rock home with them. Yeah, and they said and that uh, didn't work out well. They said they woke up in the morning. There was a nine foot Indian in their living room, so they brought <laughs> they brought the rock back and gave it back to us. They didn't want no more Indians in their living room. Yep. So we got to wrap it up on that. Okay. Yes, but. The story, this article that I just came across, do you want a, the headline of the story? Yes, please. The near rescue of Floyd Collins. Near rescued? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have enough time to go into it? The near, okay, yeah. It, you know, I had, I finished and segued out so perfectly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just. You just couldn't let it go. The headline grabbed me. Couldn't let well, it go. Well, first of all, this graphic grabbed me. Yeah. And it does sound like that story we told a couple weeks ago. It so could very well. Yeah, look at them. Or, see? Yeah, there's those Skittles right there. Yeah. Skittles. In February of 25, a previously unheard of name splashed across the newspapers in the U.S. and beyond. Floyd Collins, an American cave explorer based Spunker. in Kentucky, had become trapped in an impossibly tight crawlway with arms tight by his side and feet pinned by fallen rocks and debris. Ugh, it's a nightmare. Rescue efforts captured the fascination of the country. Soon everyone knew the name and plight of Floyd Collins. Um, newspaper article there. Mm -hmm. One newspaper articles that early attempts to rescue columns of small scale but fervid Collins' friends and loved ones who could squeeze into the narrow cabin where he lay made every effort to get him out his brother homer was the first man brave and lithe enough to reach floyd john G johnny gerald a carving uh a caving friend made a valiant effort with little success a young reporter known as skeets miller He's also skeets. volunteered and it was his involvement in subsequent reporting that made floyd collins a household name is that the Herald? Yeah. Oh, Vermont Herald, right? He was in the Courier Journal, now a staff member of the Rutland Vermont Herald. Mm. He covered many rescue attempts. Oh, maybe 
on the one. Hmm. They tried digging. They tried pry bars. At one point, rope was suggested, even though everyone involved was pretty sure it would leave Collins without his foot. Who gives a shit? Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> unfortunately, the angle of the tunnel was just too sharp, and the process was too painful. The rope idea was abandoned, and Collins remained trapped. You just shoot him up with morphine and put that rope around and pull. Damn what do you right. got to lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hoaxes abound from people trying to make a buck off popular news stories. Claims were made that Collins wasn't trapped at all, but in some cases, men stepped forward to say they were Collins. But the real Collins was very much stuck inside the cave. And after the tunnel, and after the tunnel used to reach him collapsed, he was left alone without food and water. Only a lone light bulb remained with Collins to lend him meager warmth and even worse company. <clears throat> a new plan was made since Collins couldn't be reached through the cave tunnels. A shaft would be dug straight from the surface down to Collins. Unfortunately, the progress was excruciatingly slow. A process work is intended to finish in a handful of days. Took almost two weeks, and hope began to dim. So too did the light bulb, which blinked out at some point on February 11th. But the shaft is nearly finished, and those digging knew that columns would be found soon, one way or the other. Uh, after two weeks of concerted effort, national attention, and long-strained hope, rescue teams found Collins' body. It was estimated that he died two or three days before the shaft finally broke through the cavern oh, and trapped him. Less than a day after his light bulb had gone out, it was tragic, a tragic, sobering end to the story, but not wholly unexpected. What man could survive the February cold? This is February. He was underground, though. Yeah, with no no food or water for 17 days, just that's, like that. That's pretty bad. That had hoped together became a nation that mourned. Mm. Oh, Lord. So sad. There are hundreds of articles about Floyd Collins. Try to search more about Collins. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, now we got to go. Now we got to go. After you destroyed my segue. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, you're listening. Worth it though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was good. Anyways, you have been listening to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with Lou and Ron right here on the Net New England Talks and Tojanet Radio and wherever else podcasts are played. Uh, join us on Patreon, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for a mere three bucks a month, less than a Dunkin' cup of coffee. And there's, I don't know, over 50 videos and stuff on here. Exclusive. We got some new stuff coming too, as well. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week at a new time, Wednesdays at 11 ish. <laughs> <laughs> see you then. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.